Wow, that was a great intro track, Nikki. How does it feel to officially be a composer for your own podcast? Why didn't you, you didn't actually play it? <laughs> yeah, because I am not Nikki. There's this thing called movie magic. I'm gonna add it in post. Did you like it? Did you like the the theme song? Yes, it's very runway e runway runway. Music. I like that. I'll take that. I'll give that. Yeah. I'll, that's a correct answer. I also think it was like a very ungenred kind of intro. Ungenred. Okay. Yes. I was trying to. You know, I didn't. I had the idea. It wasn't really anything. Like you know, it's just it's just like pretty much the same. Like it's like the same chord. But I thought, hey, that this this is kind of like cinematic. You know, not sure. cinematic, but like you know, I think it sets up the the vibe of the of the podcast. Gives it an aesthetic. Yeah, a nice cutesy kind of funky, jazzy, but not really jazz aesthetic. I could have I could have made it like atonal, but I don't think there's I don't think there's been a single Grammy or. Is there, <laughs> Maybe, actually. I don't know if there's been a single Grammy given to an atonal record. Um, I don't even know if there's an atonal, like, record out there. Like, a whole album of atonal music. I mean, hold on. People are going to get mad at me. Um, my friends are going to get mad at me. Santa Lee is going to call you and fucking bully you. <laughs> but no, uh, I liked it. Uh, we actually saw each other yesterday, briefly. Why? With masks on and six feet apart. Masks on? Fuck it, masks off. Yeah, and then Actually, you, and then you tried to kill me with coffee. I, can you? I really don't want people to know that I forget about your uh, tree nut allergy. All right, okay. I wanted to bless you with the new Starbucks pistachio latte, um, which has become a personal favorite of mine. I think it's an amazing flavor, and I'm not just saying that because I may or may not work for the company currently. Uh, but I, listen, I wanted to help a pal out and I did the opposite and I acknowledge it. Um, though I wish you didn't mention it. No. <laughs> so my shame was not broadcast. The gesture is appreciated and I am thankful. And I like how instead of getting almond milk, you got soy milk, but then still got me something with nut in it. I forget. Listen, I didn't know what pistachios, what kind of nuts they were. I knew that they were nuts. But not everyone is allergic to every nut, you know? I mean, yeah, but, you know. Yeah. Some people are gay, Andy. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so, uh, small correction from last week. Nikki, you asked if there was any self-titled record uh, that wasn't a self-titled one that had won a Grammy. Total I'm four. So I'm so happy that I'm really happy that you actually followed up on that because I definitely wouldn't have. Oh, uh, <laughs> it's because I listened to this podcast four times while uh, editing it and uh, decided to correct myself this week. Um, only four? Toto four won a Grammy. Uh, it's, I believe it's the one with Africa on it. To, oh, Toto Four. Yeah. Oh, I see what you mean. Yes. I think you said you only listened to the podcast four times when you're. I did do it. that as well. Okay, that's what I was. Yeah. Okay. But yeah, Toto Four. Okay. Yeah. Is so, that the question I was asking? Yes, you were asked if any Set, self. Yes. Gotcha. Oh, yes. Okay, Toto Four. That makes sense. That's the one with Africa on it. I believe so. That sucks. Uh, we didn't listen to Toto Four this week. However, this week we listened to. Back on the Block by Quincy Jones, 1990s best record that came out in 1989. Is that, this is the, this is like the Quincy Jones, right? 
sure. like the one that produced with Michael Jackson. I'm gonna say so uh, because this man definitely produced this record. And Nikki, we have some different opinions this week. Apparently so. Before we get to those opinions, I really do hope that we can agree on one thing, which is that the cover is absolute ass. <laughs> Hold on. What's, Come on now. What's wrong? <laughs> All right, listen to me. Listen to me. Listen to me, buddy. Listen to me. Where do I start? Okay. First of all, there's three different fa- like images of Quincy that are just yeah. cropped together in these r- ridiculous ways. There's one where he's kind of like standing, like he's kind of looking all confident, like, hey, yo, what's up? Um, one is just like a, a close up of his like really like awkward smile. Um, and that's that stash has not aged well. Um, and then the third is like, I think he's sleeping with a I, I assume his wife or a girlfriend or something. Um, and he's staring into the camera while she is sleeping or just laying on on his shoulder. Um it just none of them come they don't they don't mean anything it doesn't come together and then you have all these like weird patterns and designs the text is neat um but like what's happening here what is this what is this cover supposed to portray i don't know nikki well if you did the exact imagine it's just you and your face is there people would love it just because this is a man in what i'm assuming is his mid 40s to early 50s in this time uh, in does this not, time, listen. I think it's a fine cover. It's not the greatest cover. Are we? Of any is this ever. is this where our opinions begin to diverge, and then we're just never going to agree anymore for the for the duration of every episode ever? We will. <laughs> Friendship with Andy terminated. Uh, <laughs> All because of Quincy Jones. Quincy Jones. Uh, so let's start going into the record. Uh. It didn't actually beat out anything amazing this the year it won. Yeah, what were the um the competitors? Oh this, man, I had the list up and it's not here anymore. Okay, That's here what we I go. Love to hear. Nineteen ninety one. It beat out uh, Phil Collins. It beat out Mariah Carey's self titled. Really? Uh, yep. It beat out uh, MC Hammered. Please Hammer, don't hurt him. And it <laughs> built out Wilson Phillips self titled. Interesting. Uh, and I have never listened to any of those albums, so I'm going to say that this one deserved it. <laughs> <laughs> I, b- by that logic, yeah. Have, <laughs> you lis- have you listened to Mariah Carey's self-titled? No, I don't think so. No, but it's been on the list, or at least it used to be. I did listen to Daydream, which did not come out this year, um, but I... Uh, I don't know. I th- Mariah Carey had good music, especially back in the day. I definitely can say that um, the earlier Mariah Carey records I have listened to were far superior than this okay. god awful record so that I listened get, to today. We're gonna get into it then. Uh, <laughs> first song, prologue, uh, parentheses, two cues, rap. All right, uh, what the hell was this? Okay, I can't yeah. listen. No, I, the, the vocals. Why are they? I, okay, I. Uh, the vocals, it's its literally just, like, a guy rapping. I'm assuming it's Q, and, but, like, he's editing the vocals in a way. They're doing something with it. I mean, they're obviously lowering the foreman, or they're, like, pitch shifting it or something. Um, but it just doesn't sound good. And also, it just sounds really, um, like, mi- like mixed. It sounds really, uh, like, 
high up in the 1k range not to be too too uh technical or geeky about it but it seems just like really mid thick i didn't i didn't like it it was too muddy Stop. and then quincy himself comes on and hops on the mic and it's quincy, not good please <laughs> so the big thing about this record is it's not quincy jones on like every track like he wrote it all yeah or and, he produced it yeah he wrote and produced it and it's a quincy jones record Yes. I mean, uh, that's what he's known for. He's the producer, just yes. like how he produced uh, the majority of or a Mike, good number of Michael Jackson records, you know, yeah. but like he's not on he's not singing on any of those. <laughs> well, based off of this track, I think that's a good thing. Uh, he's kind of like the, the the DJ Khaled of the 80s. Sure. <laughs> I don't think Quincy Jones deserves that, but <laughs> yeah, sure. DJ Khaled himself. Uh, so this track was a minute long. Uh, There's a lot of interlude tracks on this record. That, like, yeah. There's like I, three or four, and it does not need that many. It definitely didn't need that many. Uh, but one of them, I guess all, I didn't enjoy any of the interludes on this track, uh, to I did it. enjoy the last one, I will say, but Which we'll, one was, we'll get to it. Yeah. Um, that was Prelude to the Garden. Oh, yeah, Which was sure. the second to last track, but yes, continue. Uh, so after going to that, it goes... A uh, rather smooth transition uh, into Back on the Block. I will say that all of these uh, interlude tracks do have the smooth transitions into the following track. Mm -hmm. Although, when in the context of the record, I feel like it the in, as an intro for most of these interludes seems long, like for each of them. And it does it, it makes it like, it makes me feel like... For, uh, for, for most of these interludes, like, I'm just coming into it, and I'm just like, come on, like, what are we, like, let's get to it, you know? Like, let's get to the actual music. But it just keeps staying in that, like, same low-level area for, like, a minute, and then finally goes. And, like, I don't know, it, seemed, it, it just seemed too long for me. Well, I mean, the longest interlude here, Nikki, was, I mean, actually, yeah, there was a three-minute one, so. <laughs> <laughs> Never mind. I mean, this first one was only a minute, and then the next one is only 29 seconds, but... Yeah, I don't what really... What was the third have, one? The third one was two minutes and 39 seconds. It was the one before Jazz Corner of the World. Ah, yes. Uh, we'll get to it. But <laughs> So back on the block, uh, I really like this track, uh, although the progression wasn't really all that varied in it. That's, that's the thing that I noticed, not just on this track, but a lot of them, is that, like, you know, what I've been taught about music... <laughs> Not to say I I know any better than Quincy Jones. He obviously has like he's he is a legacy, um, but like I just felt like a lot of these tracks like they they lacked progression. Like mm -hmm. they 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 kept changing in some direction. Like a lot of these tracks had um uh like some like some instrumental solo that just like kept popping off, which was really neat in some places. But really like the the core elements of the tracks were just always staying the same. Like the drum the drum beats were staying the same, like the bass lines, um whatever like instruments were were like always in the background. Like they were always staying the same. And this in this track, which is six and a half minutes long and did not need to be uh, is just constantly just re recycling, like looping. Really, it's just looping the same, the same, uh, like four, eight bars. That does happen a lot on this record. And did you notice that? Like, is <laughs> it just it kept looping? Like all of these tracks, like the, most of them, I should say, I shouldn't, I shouldn't blanket, but like, yeah, like a lot of them just really just 
were doing this like looping like throughout uh, making the track way longer than it needed to be yeah i mean i feel like a lot of the progression in this song was in like the background instruments and in the whole record this one especially i enjoyed uh the basis of the song but like yeah it didn't need to be six and a half minutes i will say uh most of this record i increasingly enjoyed like once we get to like the b-side quote unquote i really started to get into this record it did take me a bit uh from here on to get into it but i did really get it this song isn't at all at the top of my list of this song uh mm-hmm. album but i didn't think it was a bad song uh i also noticed that in this song uh a lot more was in the right not a lot a decent amount more was in the right ear than in mm. my left ear, which maybe that's just the arrangement they had for this song, but it could have been the whole thing. But yeah. Okay. I will say this track had a good hook. Um, I thought the, the, the back on the block was pretty, pretty neat. I think some of these tracks um, do have like pretty decent hooks. Um, what I will say, what really killed this track for me was Ice T's fucking trash verse. He really phoned it in on that one. I'm I'm really I'm angry about it. Um he had some bars, but like the flow was just absolutely horrendous. Like it was just it was way off um off rhythm, I felt. That it just wasn't like I don't know if you noticed that. It just it felt like he just wasn't staying on the on the beat at all. One thing we got drilled into our head in our recording classes you have to teach your uh, muses, I guess, to stay on rhythm and stay on beat. Because if they're not doing that, then you don't have good music. And right. Ice T really dropped the ball there. Yeah, but that's yeah, actually Quincy dropped the ball since he's yeah. a producer. He's he just said Ice, yo, come on. Well, isn't this is the only time Ice T was on this record, right? I think I think so. Yeah, I didn't I didn't hear him again. I feel like. Quincy was really just trying to get a who's who's a who's who of uh, artists, and he was just like, "Get Ice T in here, like DJ Khaled." God damn it! <laughs> if Quincy, our friend Quincy, ever listens to this, and he hears you comparing him to DJ Khaled, he's gonna kick your he's, ass. He's going to kill me. Yeah. <laughs> I'm on his list now. <laughs> Gun to your head. So next Cheers, track. Man. Uh, oh, wait, hold on. Last line, or not last, end of the song, uh, rap is here to stay. Interesting last line. And then she was right, yes. She knew what was up. And then from there we go into... I don't go for that. Yes. This song, I didn't have a whole lot of notes, despite it being over five minutes. <laughs> I also, um, not just for this one, but for most of them, considering that they're over five minutes, don't have a lot of notes for them. Um, <laughs> um, I liked, I, I did like this track a little bit. It had this like cute synth that was going mm-hmm. on throughout the record or throughout the song. And um, uh, the, the solo was kind of cool. I did find it to be again, a bit repetitive. And also like the synth was cool at the beginning of the track, but like it just kept noodling like the whole mm. time. And it was doing neat things, don't get me wrong, but like something that um that my dear friend and mentor, Dr. Paul Stephen Leary, uh had once had multiple times like told me is like just Nikki, stop noodling, you know? Like just you need a melody and you stick with it. You know? Like if you're just kind of going all over the place, there's no 
there's nothing to latch on to in the in the listener's uh, ear. There's nothing to kind of like hum to hum along with, uh, and that's how I felt with this track. Is just I, I think there was kind of a a cool baseline, but other than that, like it just it was just that synth just going wow 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 wow. It sounded like one of those, um, you know, like if you get like one of those '80s. I, obviously it's the 80s but like those like dated 80s like synth horns you know you get in one of those keyboard synthesizers or maybe one of like or maybe like one of my uh, like logic preset like stock plugins you know mm-hmm. get like the retro synth out there and just start going ham on your horns i i don't know it just it seems a little i've noticed that um i felt that a lot of these tracks uh I don't think they aged well. I think that they really, I think they're for its time. And I think that a lot of the um, mixing and, and instrumental palette is very like, I, I don't, I don't think it, 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 it matches with the, with the modern uh, listener's ear. I mean, yeah, you can definitely feel it like the early nineties style in it, which for a record that came out in the 1989, it was actually a little ahead of its time. Uh, I think that, a lot of you can hear a lot of the influence it had in like mid '90s hip hop albums. I did think that when I first listened to it, I forgot what year it was out. And I thought like, oh, this is definitely like real '90s R and B. And then I checked again, and I'm like, oh wait, this was actually '89. Well, yeah, that's, uh, so it definitely had its influence for sure. That's gonna be something I think as over the next decade, especially like how much stuff sounds like Billie Eilish five years from now. I I can't wait. It'll it me exciting. It's People good. are already sounding like Billie Eilish. Come on now. Exactly. So it's kind of, it kind of goes into the idea of like, does stuff sound like this because this was so good or was it, or is this just a product of its time? Yeah. Was it just like trendy, you know? And that's the thing is I, I um, <laughs> in regards to trendy, um, kind of a popular style of the time which i think part of this record interpolates is new jack swing which Mm -hmm. like had a very brief just it it showed up and then it like came right out um it's had a small revival in the past in in the 2010s at least um but like the new jack swing elements here kind of tell me like oh this is why it it didn't really go 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 many places i mean (laughs) it's very different from last week's album Oh, for sure. Nothing influenced. No, I don't think I've listened to anything quite like that or that exact kind of similar style. Whereas this, I have heard similar yeah. motifs and all that in other music. Right. Uh, and that kind of goes the same for the next track. I'll be good to you. Uh, this track uh, had no progression at all. No, it didn't. The, um, <laughs> I believe it was... Ray Charles, um, yeah, it's Ray Charles and Shaka Khan who's featured. Shaka Khan, I believe, makes two appearances, at least two appearances on this record. I think she does pretty well, I will say. I We don't hear from Shaka Khan these days. I hope she's well. Um, but uh, I swear to God, Ray Charles had these credit card bars where he was just talking about, like, Ameri- um, um like he was, I swear to God, he's talking like MasterCard, Visa, um, AmeriCash, or whatever it's called. Um, he just kept talking about credit cards for like a minute, not a minute. I shouldn't exaggerate, but like, why are you talking about you know your credit score on this record? It it was so confusing to me. He was really just listing off banks. I was so confused. I'm gonna be honest with you, Nikki. The lyric I didn't look into the lyrics for this whole record all that much. Uh- <laughs> not because. 
I don't care, but because like I don't think they were as important as kind of like the styling the vibe, of the album. Yeah. yeah. I do want to I want to find these uh I don't think I'll be able to, but I wanted to find these credit card bars. Um Ah, <laughs> I'll give it up with my credit cards like Visa, Master Charge, American Express. Turn my pants upside down any day of the week. What do- <laughs> is he? Is he alluding to like, uh, like is he like I'll, I'll spend money on my girl? I don't know. It just it's it seems well, so out of place. It it gives you like the imagery of like a '90s schoolyard bully holding up the nerd, and all the money falls out. Is that what you got from it? Yeah. <laughs> You're like, oh, what I empty got. my pockets. I'm a piggy bank. All right. Next track on the album, another interlude. Uh, oh five tracks in. I hated this. I absolutely. The verb to be. The ver- my, my notes for this track, since it's only 29 seconds, is literally a frowny face. <laughs> I just said, um, weird voice, why? Because we it was a weird voice. Why? Why was it? Nikki, why, why? Why can't he just talk? Why can't he just be like? Why can't he just be like DJ Khaled and just be like, hey, you know, and just say speak his piece in his regular so, voice? Uh, so everyone should immediately go listen to the latest Nikki Kulai EP where he sings like a chipmunk <laughs> for four minutes. Uh, I want to call out this hypocrite. <laughs> Listen, that was on a track, though. This is just an interlude. There's a difference. And also, I did it tastefully, damn it. Sure, sure. But (laughs) uh, the verb to be transfers into we be doing it acapella party. This was a great track. I hate you. I I see your face. I think you're an asshole. I, I respect it because it was as they say in the track, an acapella party. Sure. I thought it was a little rough. Um, and I'm also not the biggest fan of acapella because um, the one thing that college beat the living Christ out of me was pentatonics. Um, so <laughs> I was not a fan. I did, I did think it was good, though. I thought that um, the beatboxing was good. I thought the vocals were nice. I just think aca- the, the, I think the acapella scene is a little, is a little dated. <laughs> the acapella even, scene? Even for 89 standards. I mean... Tell me, tell I, me why you liked it. Tell me why you liked it. It was just a really pretty track, man. The whole <laughs> song... I don't know. It's got a good middle and beginning. I I'm not a fan of the end, I'm going to be quite honest. Mm-hmm. It's just, I don't have, Nikki, I'm not as good as compositional critiques as you. Uh, that, <laughs> but I think it's just a really high energy and enjoyable track. That's, I mean, that's fine. That's fair. You can disagree with me. <laughs> no, we have to agree. <laughs> I just, uh, my track just clipped so hard there. <laughs> I heard it. I'm surprised. I am surprised that you did like, like the majority of this record, to be honest. The um, next few tracks, especially like. I do. I, really I will like say I, it does. I th- in my opinion, it does pick up at the end of the record. I think it, the, the tracks get better as the record goes along. Mm-hmm. Um, but I feel like there, there's a st- there's like a strong start with back on the block. And then it just does a, a giant curve, like steep cliff down. And then it and then it slowly comes back up. Um, but yes, let's talk about the uh, the, the, the paces, places, the places you'll find love. Am I looking at the yeah, the places you find love. This was also the best track on the album. 
sure about that one. Yeah, I loved the vocals on this. And I think this song uh, definitely had the best progression out of any other song on the record. Really? Yeah. You thought you thought this. Um, I was bored. I really was. I was just way bored. I, I again, the strong there were strong vocals from Shaka Khan. I thought that was really great. Um, but I don't know. I felt like the, there wasn't much development in the track. I, I felt like there was. I think what I feel, what I felt in most of these tracks is that like I feel like there's an A section, and then they just keep changing what goes on in the A section. But like we're still in the A section, if that makes any sense. In terms of like f- like talking about like the form of the track tracks, uh, I thought that like there was like the same like. Like, you just had a repeating bass line or just, like, repeating synths, you know, just going on and on and on, mm-hmm. or, like, the same drum beats. But, like, there's no switch-ups, you know? There's no, like, second section where, like, hey, let's change the drums or, like, let's change the bass line. Or maybe I just didn't feel it. It was, like, pronounced enough. I don't know. I just, I, I thought this one was a little, I was a little bored by this one, I mm-hmm. have to say. I think that you and I expected different things based on the earlier parts of this record. Uh, I didn't expect anything from any song after, like, the second interlude and <laughs> I don't know. I thought this was a very peaceful track. I thought instrumentally it held up very well. I think you could have told me this was released in any year and I'd believe you. It, I feel like this is just a timeless song. I will say though, this whole record is classified as R and B hip hop and jazz. Uh, very little jazz goes into this record. I think the jazz comes in when you have the instrumental solos, like for again, the track, I don't go for that. Like, the 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 synth horn that I was alluding to, go, just going all over the, like that definitely is like just some guy popping off. Maybe it's Quincy himself, um, just like noodling and going off. I mean, that's really what jazz is: is just like noodling and popping off. Um, just like in the, in the Blood, Sweat, and Tears record last week, um, just like people just jamming out and noodling along. Uh, I think that's where the jazz influence comes in. But I think in terms of like the foundational elements. Um, of this album, yeah, I would I would classify it more as as R and B. But I mean, what what's in a genre anyway? Yeah. Well, considering the next title of the next track is "Jazz Corner of the World," <laughs> uh, I think that it kind of has a few jazzes to hold up. So this track uh, has more of a story to it. It's just kind of introducing all of the people who are going to be on the next track, uh, and it's all people who had major influences. At actually a jazz club in Manhattan called Birdland. Oh, really? Yes, I actually took the time to look into this track. Uh, I have... It was a big jazz club from the 60s, and then it got shut down due to high rent, and then it came back at a different location in 1985. I'm reading this all off the Wikipedia page, so if you have at all interest in famous jazz venues, uh, give it a peek. But... Essentially, it was just a big jazz club, and this was a whole bunch of talent uh, from, I guess, the time it was being revived. Hmm. Well, that's neat. Hmm. Uh, But as far as the actual track, Jazz Corner of the World, being a three-minute interlude. Yeah, it was just, like, a lot of, like, percussion. um, And if I recall it correctly, like, it just, it was staying in the same place. Like, it wasn't changing and developing for three minutes. That's the length of a standard track. And it was just, it was not moving at all. That's, I, I'm, I'm not getting the motion from, from this track or any of the other tracks. And then when it finally did, um, 
transition into Birdland, I was like, I don't even want to listen to it anymore because <laughs> this intro was three damn minutes long. Well, Birdland was a good track, though. Birdland was a good track. I, I will say I did like the the Birdland. Um, but again, the, the, the intro, it, get, it got me angry <laughs> about Birdland. I mean, yeah, for a track. Listen, Nikki, I would give you shit if you made a three minute intro for a five minute song. <laughs> <laughs> uh so i kind of got to be fair here it's not necessary but also i do think it's a good way like especially on a record like this where you have so many different artists working together to verbally hear the names and what they're doing is a unique and interesting thing to do because like mm. nikki if you're appearing on like a rompelation romp a rompelation that's an AJ, that's an ajj record uh, a compilation record kind of like this with a mm-hmm. whole who's who like you're gonna i feel like you'd want your name featured i do i think that's neat no i i i do agree with you when you when you put it like that because yeah you never get like credits in the middle of a track or on a record you know like when people don't usually be like hey these are the people you know yeah like when i buy my jeff rosenstock records like i'm gonna look like oh yeah jack Shirley produced it but like not not everyone's going to be as obsessed with the Quincy Jones. Jeff isn't going to say, hey, thanks, Jack, you know? Yeah, exactly. Like, not as many people are going to, like, tune into Quincy Jones and be like, hmm, who was on this? I mean, maybe if you're a big hip-hop person, you, you knew everyone who's on this. You're a big Ray Charles and Shaka Khan fan. But for a schmuck like me who is not as into this genre as other people, it it is a good thing to, like credit where credit is due okay schmuck <laughs> hey, wait a it's, second. It's, hey it's your word not mine yeah so do you have any more thoughts on birdland or jazz corner of the world i will say i i what i did like is the uh the funky slap bass i thought that the bass was i think this was the best bass on this uh on this record mm-hmm. that was really it was like oh it was just popping off i actually what i will say is that my favorite part of this track is when um i i think towards the ending um there was this really cool like descending horn line that was going on it was like repeating and i i I know it was modulating but it was like just like it was just going down Mm -hmm. and it did it like a second time and it was just so cool i thought it was really cool how how um quincy interpolated that but then it just then it just goes away and it just Mm -hmm. and it leaves and it and it got me a little mad because you have all these moments you have, you have these moments on the record where there's just, like, something beautiful, and then it's just gone, and, and then it, do, it never comes back. And sometimes that's cool. Sometimes it makes me sad. <laughs> I'm sorry this record made you sad. It, it made me angry, but... <laughs> All right. So, next up, uh, Setembro. Setembro. I thought this was a beautiful track. Especially at, like, two minutes and 20 seconds in with that, like, nice guitar and bass solo that they get going. Mm-hmm. I thought that was just the coolest thing, man. You think so? Yeah. Uh, I didn't enjoy the end of this track when they start scatting, uh, but I don't think it, like, detracted from the overall track. That's fair. I thought um, there was a good vibe to it. I, I did think it was... I I did I don't think I enjoyed the ending either because what I got from it is that it was just it kind of made me a little sleepy. Uh, it was it was a very low key track I think. Yeah. Compared to the rest, which is which I mean it's just good. It's good to have that um, you know those those contrasting tracks. Um, hmm. 
Yeah, yeah, it was, it was a good one. It, it gave me one. some really good imagery, honestly. Like, I, I, it was a, it made me feel good. It made me feel like I was like in like a, like classy room with like it was like cigar music. Cigar music. I like that. I like that. Next track, uh, one man woman. This I, I like this one really. Oh. I mean, <laughs> I didn't hate this one. This one was fine. It was a very, it was a very '80s song. Like you could. Like, I heard a lot of, like, 80s radio music. Is this, like, okay. I don't know. I thought it was, um, I thought there was a strong vocal performance. And I, 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 I think just the way that, um, the track came along. I don't know. I liked it. I thought it was, it was pretty neat. But I, I can see why you might not be a fan. I mean, yeah, I didn't have too many thoughts on it, to be quite honest. Maybe it's just because it was a little, maybe it's because I liked it because it was a little more commercial. And that is why you did not like it. Mm. <laughs> Mm. I think you're onto something there. <laughs> Maybe we're noticing a pattern here. <laughs> oh man, just wait till we get to the 2010s records and it's all commercial. Lordy, there's one record I'm absolutely dreading doing. That what is that, it? Uh, we'll talk about. Uh, it's fucking the Arcade Fire one. I feel like that's one we're gonna have a fuck oh. have to have a guest on because I am gonna be so not in the mood to talk about that record. No matter. Lamau. I'm so excited. Uh, Very well. So, next track, "Tomorrow," a better you, comma better me, uh, with vocals from Tevin Campbell. Uh, this track reached number one on Billboard's R&B and hip hearts hip 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 hop charts. Really? Yeah, that's uh, uh that's cool. I I get that. I actually I really like the um the child's choir that that, that was in this track. Now, Nikki, uh, I hate children singing. Okay. So <laughs> I did not enjoy this. This was probably my actual least favorite track on the record. What the hell? This was a great track. I hate kids. I love kids. <laughs> I love kids. Kids are great. I hate kids. I don't think kids should be winning Grammys. Uh <laughs> and to be fair, uh, Tevin Campbell. Billie Eilish was... Wait, do you think Billie Eilish deserved her Grammy? Yes, absolutely. That was a great record. She was 17. What? She, I, listen, Tevin Campbell was 12. There's a difference between teenager and 12-year-old Tevin Campbell. Was Tevin the, the 12? Yeah, he was 12 when he recorded this. That's pretty cool. Yeah. Let Tevin get his Grammy. <laughs> Tevin deserves it. <laughs> listen, he's had a very long and good career... Since then, uh, I recommend you check him out. Really? Uh, yeah. I mean, I haven't listened to him, but now that I've bashed his name sufficiently. Thanks for I, the recommendation. Yeah. Uh, this was a fun. I don't know. I hate kids. Kids don't need to sing. Okay. Well, nah, I feel like you want to talk about this song more than I do. I don't really have much to say about it. Um, I don't know. I just like the. It was different. It was, it was the one track that had like a pronounced like children's choir. So I just thought it was neat. And you know me, I'm a sucker for choirs. Yeah. Uh, so to top off this 57 minute record, 57 we had 57 minutes. Yeah. Well, 58, actually. Spotify. It could, it could have been 40, 46 if they just cut like half of these like six minute tracks. Yes. But <laughs> the last two tracks, Prelude to the Garden 
and the secret garden. I have to say, I'm going to start with this. I have to say, I, I really like these, these two tracks. I thought the, the prelude was very heavenly. I thought it was ethereal. I, I liked the pads in there. I thought it was really majestic. Lee, and it lead, led beautifully into the final song, which, although I didn't like how... Um, I'm not a fan of fade outs. I'm sorry. The track just faded out and then the record was over. Kind of sucks. But I think the beautiful, I, I think this track was just so beautiful and that like it, it just kind of, I think it did kind of bring things together. And I would say this is my favorite track on the record just because it just wasn't complete ass. Well, I loved the prelude. I thought the prelude was phenomenal. Mm -hmm. I think that it was very, very beautiful and sweet and then we get into this very personal song, The Secret Garden, and it's just, I, I felt like I shouldn't be listening to it, just because of how, like, even though that had, like, four different vocalists on it, I still felt like it was a very personal and, like, from-the-heart song. Mm -hmm. And I guess I didn't like how personal it was. Oh, poor Andy doesn't like music that talks about how people feel. <laughs> Listen. It's too intimate for Andy. <laughs> Nikki, you're making fun of me, but you know, listen, other people's lives are their business. But they but they but they wanted to share it. Sure. That's just not my style of like lyrical kind of thing. Sure. But it's different structures for some folks. Very well. Very well. It was a, I think it was a good way to end the record though. I think there was really nowhere else you could have probably put this. Mhm. Mm unless you wanted to get rid of pro the prologue and then have the prelude, and then this be the first two tracks, but that's... I feel like the prologue was just so important to the overall record. But that's all that... It, there, that's the last track. Overall record, what did you think? Um, I didn't like it. I was so mad. And I, I feel the need to say... Because I, yet last week we had I, we had a pretty good record. I did enjoy it for all intents and purposes with some mild hiccups. Um, but I, we're probably going to have a lot more negative opinions <laughs> down the road. And so I do need to say to anyone listening, my opinions don't matter. And you should not to act like uh, I have any authority to have these opinions because I absolutely don't. Um, I, I would like to second that. Um, I, this, I fully acknowledge I am a white man uh, commenting on hip hop. Uh, I don't have any right to do that. Please do not take my opinion seriously. That being said, I thought this was a very good record. I enjoyed it a great deal more than blood, sweat and tears. Really? What the hell? Yes. <laughs> I'm so mad. I'm well, so mad right now. <laughs> I feel like the friendship downside, with Andy terminated. The downside <laughs> of this being the second record is that it's going to be compared to Blood, Sweat, and Tears. Whereas I think once we get like five or six into this, like we're going to stop comparing them to each other as much. Sure. Yeah. Uh, but I'm going to compare every record down to the 69th Grammy. I'm going to compare that one to Quincy Jones into Blood, Sweat, and Tears. Sure. I'm not going to do that. <laughs> Well, I thought, I don't know. This was a really good record. I loved, like, I thought, especially mix-wise, notice we didn't say much about the mix the entire time we've been talking about it. That's because it was actually good. <laughs> you are correct. I think other than the first track, um, I didn't, I didn't notice a lot of mixing, specific mixing issues. It, I, 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 I guess you could say, like, issues specifically, but what I will say in terms of the mix vision, um, which I think just falls in line with 
the mixing of the time and of the era. For me, it was a little it was a little dry. Um, I didn't think it was it, it had enough space. But I think that's what a lot of R and B music was um, back in the day. I mean, that's what a lot of music in general was. They just didn't listen. They didn't have the processing to make like giant ass reverbs. All right, so they they were just kind of doing it as if it was. They, they wanted it to sound like it was in the studio. Yeah. Um, there were a couple like eighties. Like those gated snares, you know, you know, where it goes off. Um, those were those were a little present and a little annoying, in my opinion, just because it's it's been dated at this point. But I mean, yeah, you're right. Other than that, like other than those like minor gripes, it was, it was pretty well mixed because Quincy Jones is a phenomenal producer. He's a legendary. Um, he himself ought to be considered an artist because he is. He did make this whole record pretty pretty neat, you know. So yeah, it was it was it, well well done, Quincy. Even if I didn't like it, you did good, kid. <laughs> All right. So one to sixty three, Nikki. What are you rating it? Oh, I said sixty nine earlier. There's only sixty three Grammys. I'm sorry. Um, what? Um, you said you said sixty three is the worst, or sixty three is the best. Sixty three is the best. Okay, so I'm gonna give it like a solid thirteen. Thirteen. Okay, I'm gonna give it a fifty two. <laughs> Can you do so, the math on that? That 63 no, 52 13 that's 65 divided by 2 is 32.5. So right down the middle. Yeah, sure. <laughs> Almost down the middle. Yes. <laughs> Tell why? I loved I liked it. I I wouldn't say love. I really liked it. I think that there are a lot of good tracks. Like after, once you get to like three tracks in, I well, four tracks in. Once you get to "I'll Be Good to You" and "We Be Doing It," and I think it just kind of stays at a high level after the third track. Interesting. Interesting. I will remember this. <laughs> okay. Very well. I listen. You could ha- you could have your opinion, Andy. Sure. I, sure. We, yeah. <laughs> you can have yours too, Nikki, <laughs> since we're allowing people their opinions. Um, yeah, sh- I, I honestly, it's just if I if I really have to uh, resolve my gripes with it, it's just not my kind of music. I mean, sure. and that's what that's what it comes down to, and that's what that's what we'll be facing in this in this uh, challenge that we put ourselves in um, in listening to every Grammy record of the year, album of the year. Um, we're going to listen to some shit that we don't like. And maybe one of us will think it's shit and one of us will think it's really, really neat. Um, or maybe we'll both agree and it's a great record. I hope we, fi- I hope we find more of those, Andy. I hope we find music. Because listen, if it got Grammy album of the year, it better be good and we better both like it. Uh, <laughs> so I hope we get a good number of those down the line. Yes. Uh, so, Nikki, it is your turn to pick. What are we- I do think we should hold off on Taylor Swift, Stevie Wonder, and Frank Sinatra records. Why? I feel like we should just like marathon all of those. I don't. I wasn't even gonna pick any of the. I I don't know the list, so I'm gonna I'm gonna pick a num a number, and you're gonna have to decide 
if it, okay. you're gonna if if it's Taylor Swift, you can change it. Um, but I'm going to say I, I I listen. I'm gonna pick something modern this time because this week got me a little angry. So I'm going to how about give me give me some of that nice sweet 2012 music. 2012. That was Adele. 21. Really? Oh, yeah. I'm excited. I have a lot to say about this. I was hoping oh. I'd get Adele. I didn't know that she won that year. All um, right. So next week we'll be listening to Adele 21. I don't think we told people last week that we'd be listening to this this week. Even though it's not on the internet yet, but you know. It's fine. Well, we'll that's what we'll do. Look at look at the Spotify page. You'll look see. At, yeah. Does this show, will we have show notes? Do we have anything to show or note? No, we should take pic- I, you should take pictures of all of my notes and then upload them so people can tell whether or not I'm actually listening. Nikki, we just <laughs> if people don't think we're listening, they didn't listen to the past. What? How long are we into this recording? Forty five nine years. Yeah. Listen, we had a pin. <laughs> all right. Uh, any closing remarks? Uh, thank you, Quincy Jones, for everything you did for Michael Jackson. <laughs> and I'm sorry that I kept comparing you to DJ Khaled. Oh, man. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Thank you, everyone, for listening again. Uh, hey, thanks. Yeah, thanks. I appreciate thanks. you. I really yeah. do. Whoever's listening. Do you, think, do you think Robert's listening to this? I hope he, does, I hope he is, so then he notices now. Yes. And yeah. hi, Robert. Hi, Robert. We love you. All right. Uh, and uh, do we do we have an outro yet? Yeah, the outro. Oh, like an outro we do every week. Yeah, like are we gonna say, hey, um, if you want to hear more, please like rate us on Apple iTunes Music and oh, give us a ha- review. Fuck, I don't give a shit if someone listen. If you're gonna give us a review, give us five stars. If you're not gonna give us a review, don't go out of your way. Um, please go out of your way to write us a review, and also um, <laughs> follow uh, <laughs> Andy on Instagram. I don't use Instagram anymore. Follow Nikki on Instagram and Spotify, Nikki Kulai. Spelt not how it sounds. That's helpful. Uh, yeah, I don't know how to spell it, to be quite honest. Spell it right now. I want you to try. Uh, N-I-C-K-Y-K-U-L-A-Y? Yeah, that was it. Congratulations. You win. You win. <laughs> Great. Uh all right. Nikki, what we should do, we should at the end of every episode, the last line should be give blank a Grammy. Who are we giving it to? Uh, Who's blank? Who who is blank? Give someone say someone who you want to have a Grammy. Give DJ Khaled a Grammy. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck.